Bishop Damascene, Builder of the Invisible City of God, excerpt from Russia's Catacomb Saints by I. M. Andreev and Father Seraphim Rose. We begin after the declaration of Metropolitan Sergius in 1927 and before the repose of Bishop Damascene in 1935. Bishop Damascene usually wrote his epistles with several copies and sent them to his friends. Each of them was instructed to recopy the letter by hand or on a typewriter with several more copies and to send them to the enclosed addresses, ranging everywhere in the Soviet Union, Siberia, the Caucasus, the Ukraine, the Urals. This activity of Bishop Damascene was the last spark of his indefatigable energy. Then there was a break and a going over to the underground church after his final departure from Metropolitan Sergius. In what did this break consist? In a return to the idea by which Bishop Damascene was guided when he was still a hieromonk, by means of a patient and prolonged preaching among persons carefully chosen, in house churches, solitary cells, and the like, he began to create a tightly knit church brotherhood of believers sincerely devoted to the idea of orthodoxy, a small church which nevertheless would be the more noticeable on the surface of public life, the deeper it sunk its roots into the hearts of the people. At that time, this idea had been a kind of foreknowledge of the fulfillment of Vladimir Soloviev's presentiments, but now it was founded on facts. Quote, those children of God who have not fallen under the pressure of the satanic hurricane and have not been bruised by the pieces of the great shipwreck are clearly aware of the situation and with complete calmness and confidence will undertake the building of the true Church of Christ on the foundation of which it still remains, without excessive nervousness, without unnecessary complaints. For the process of its building will comprise the whole meaning of their life, Step forward to this holy undertaking, and immediately you will find peace and clarity of soul, repose and foreknowledge. Remember that the builders of the church are not only the clergy, but also all the believers, all who strive toward Christ. And our path toward Christ is primarily expressed in this process of building. The process consists in the fact that we offer ourselves as bricks in the holy building of the Church of Christ which is his body. If our inward part is composed of the love of Christ, our thoughts and feelings and will are cemented by the grace of Christ. If we will consciously place this brick of ours at the foundation of the church for further building, then the very creator of the universe will reveal a place for it, so that no storm can move it or cast it down. In the face of the great destruction which has occurred, it is evident that each of us must begin to raise up the building from its foundation. The example of the first builders will give us definite forms for such work. Think of them. Become more acquainted with them in the holy apostles, the holy martyrs and confessors, and in the writings of the holy fathers of that period. Bishop Damascene turns the thoughts of his friends and venerators to the times of the martyrs and confessors because after the thousand-year history of Christianity in Russia, the Church has been thrown back to the times before Constantine the Great, to the times of Nero and Diocletian. 
Let us bring our own bricks to the immovable foundation of the righteousness of Christ, of the divine truth, of eternal salvation. Without many words, without loud phrases, create first a small nucleus of a few people who are striving towards Christ, who are ready to begin the realization of the evangelical ideal in their lives. Unite yourselves for grace-given guidance around one of the worthy pastors, and let everyone separately and all together prepare themselves for yet greater service to Christ. Just a few people united in such a life already makes up a small church, the body of Christ, in which the Spirit and the love of Christ dwell. If we do not become members of the body of Christ, the temple of His life-giving Spirit, then this Spirit will depart from the world and the frightful convulsions of the dying world organism will be the natural result of this. Bishop Damascene believed in the victory of Christianity. Your reflections on the morning and evening of Christianity are incorrect, for they, as it were, exclude the presence of day. I look otherwise at the situation. The purpose of the church is a constant battle. This is why it is called the militant church battling with the prince of this world, that is, with all those who by all possible means and ways press the spirit of man, bind it, as it were, mix it with matter, gradually suppress in it the call from heaven, deprive it of the opportunity even to feel its own true nature, the true purpose of its life in this world, and even harden it against the eternal light. For the spirit that has become attached to earth this light even now becomes painfully tormenting, which is why there is occurring a rebellion against the light, an effort to put out its remaining rays in this world. All this is contained in a single word, evil. As long as there is occurring a conscious battle with these conditions of life in the domain of the prince of this world, a battle with evil, so long will the day of Christ's church endure. It is joyful to realize that only this light possesses the life-giving quality of constantly creating, igniting noble lamps of the light in the midst of darkness, which to all appearances has already covered everything. Therefore, let it be that darkness has temporarily covered the earth from the sixth to the ninth hour. Let it be that the lamps of certain churches are hidden under bushels, so as not to be put out by the satanic whirlwind as has occurred with the majority. After a short time of rest, the Lord, perhaps even the time when the darkness will imagine that its work has already been completed, the lamps will be revealed, will come together, will ignite a multitude of others which had been put out, will pour together into a great flame of faith which, when efforts are made to put it out, will burn more brightly. For many which have been put out and have felt the torment of the darkness and the cold of Tartarus will prefer to burn upon the bonfire of the flame of faith than again to be immersed in darkness. But all this is in one's dreams. What of the Soviet reality at this present moment? And so, we are a minority. What is that to us? Does one need to step back before the attack of militant atheism? May this not be. No matter how few we might be, the whole power of Christ's promises concerning the invincibility of the church remain with us. With us is Christ, the conqueror of death and hell. 
the history of Christianity shows us that in all the periods when temptations and heresies have agitated the church, the bearers of church truth and the expressors of it were few. But these few with the fire of their faith and their zealous standing in the truth have gradually ignited everyone. The same thing will happen now if we few will fulfill our duty before Christ and His church to the end. The fearless confession of faith and of one's hope and a firm standing in the church's laws are the most convincing refutation of the Sergian deviation and are an unconquerable obstacle to the hostile powers directed against the church. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom.